0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 256 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Safrod Olive, and we have the full crew here this holiday week, starting with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How are you doing today, Richard?
1: I'm doing great. It's holiday season. Magic's in a bit of a lull, but a lot of time to, to spend time, you know, for the holidays with our family and friends and maybe play some Magic Arena.
0: Yeah, uh, a nice little uh, quiet-ish holiday week, although that's going to change quickly with the start of, full start of Theros uh, Beyond Death Spoilers next week. But that's for next week. Right now we have another co-host, Krim. What's up today, Krim?
2: Uh, morning, Seth. Uh, yeah, today this this week's been a little slow, but I'm excited to, uh, you know, kind of this gives us a lot of time to reflect on things that have happened this year.
0: Yeah, I think it's good timing for that. We're getting near the end of 2019. About to get into 2020 here in a little over a week. So, the plan for today, we're going to talk a bit about some Theros Beyond Death cards. We didn't get any cards from the set proper that are new this week, but we did get some theme deck cards, which are some of them are like kind of interesting. So, we wanted to mention those, but our main topic for today is going to be a part one of what I think is going to be a two-part discussion uh, of kind of wrapping up the year of 2019. So, today we're going to focus on mostly uh, the formats. What's been going on? We've got a bunch of new formats, uh, changes to old formats. So kind of big picture format stuff. And then next week uh, we'll probably get into more of the specifics, uh, specific cards, uh, specific uh, organized play changes, stuff like that. So that's going to be our plan. And then of course answering some fish mail to wrap up the cast. So that's our plan for today: Theros cards year review part one, and then answering fish mail. So. I guess we might as well just jump right into it and start talking about these uh, Theros cards. So, just so it's clear, these cards, and then I'm going to kick it to Richard to uh, guide us through them. These cards do not come in Theros Beyond Death proper. They come in the theme boosters, the, so like, 35-card color-coordinated boosters. Uh, so, that's where these cards come from. But some of them are pretty interesting, I think, at least semi-interesting. So, Richard, uh, guide us through these cards. All
1: right. Uh, we're not going to talk about all of them, because there, there are a bunch. But we're going to pick out our favorites. And I think the most talked about card from the set of cards is Deathbellow (laughs) Warcry. Five red, red, red. So eight CMC. Sorcery. Search your library for up to four Minotaur creature cards with different names. Put them on the battlefield. Then shuffle your library. (laughs)
2: <laughs> a power How glass. do I win
1: with four Minotaurs? I I'm I'm gonna get like three mana, two threes, so that's probably not the way to do it. But what, what is the combination of cards to win at eight mana with Deathbellow Warcry? Uh,
0: okay, so th- there's there's a few different ways you can do it depending on the format. One of the, one of the ways I've seen involves, uh, changelings. You can do like combos with changelings and giving them haste. There is a minotaur that gives everything haste. And then there's also a fanatic of mogus, which is the red devotion minotaur. It, it's basically like the red gray merchant, uh, deals damage equal to your devotion to red. So most of the combos I have seen involve getting a minotaur that gives all your minotaurs haste, getting fanatic of mogus for some amount of draining. Then there's like, uh, kogma warcaller that gives all its attacking minotaurs plus two plus O, oh, and then rage blood shaman gives everything and plus one plus one so that's most of what i've seen is something in that direction discounting like arcane adaptation shenanigans or if you can turn everything into minotaurs then then you can do it however you want to
2: yeah i mean i i was looking at some like blue red minotaur lists and i was like uh all right sure yeah this seems this seems fun i mean i don't know how <laughs> Well, I think we had talked about it a little. It's just like the awkward part is where you draw those minotaurs naturally. <laughs> and, uh, Cause like the minotaurs are not the greatest things, but maybe Theris changes that and this is a, an all star.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, that is kind of the problem. It, it, it's like a Richard Commander deck. Hey, where, hey. Where, like, yes, sure, your skeleton deck has some good cards, but the problem is, when you cast your, like, Demonic Tutor, or your Blue Sun Zenith, you're, like, drawing a bunch of skeletons. Minotaurs is, is very much that way, uh, as far as a, a, a tribe. They're not the most powerful tribe, but, I don't know, would you play this, Richard, in a Minotaur Tribal deck, since you're a resident Jink Tribal expert in mean, Commander? Hundred,
1: this is the only reason to play this card, right? If you're playing it with Changelings and combo pieces you're a spike and you're doing it wrong right? you gotta play you're like I, I fetch up my my three mana like one two or something but I'm trying to think like there might actually be enough good minotaurs to make this worth it to play fairly because Wizards has been printing like decent minotaurs for the last couple of years so you might actually like theoretically cast this for eight, mandor, uh, eight mana in commander and then like cast four siege rhinos or something so I it's it's possible that this is a fair card that is actually legitimate, uh, especially since we have Theros coming up. We're gonna get even more Minotaurs, uh, but Minotaurs is one of the the hottest tribes. to keep printing new cards.
2: <laughs> well, I mean that that's true, right? M twenty had the uh, Buccaneer or whatever, the one that makes you discard or one, something like not, that. Not that one. <laughs> yeah, that that one. They're just they're <laughs> just going wild with these Minotaur prints right now. You know, is that, that I, only one that I can think of?
0: I do think a commander though, like if you can give your team haste, which you're a red deck, you have anger, you have a ton of ways to do it. Uh, getting like the various Nehebs is pretty powerful. Like there's a one that makes a bunch of mana on your post combat main phase for each damage you dealt, and then there's another one that kind of like mass loots when it deals damage and makes a bunch of mana when you discard and draw. So if you can like get a bunch of those, those are like semi playable. Like I've seen someone combo off with Neheb the Eternal and commander before. Like that's a thing that actually is. Happened, so maybe there's like a way to play it fairly. If you're playing like a, a semi casual commander deck,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm gonna make a guest appearance on Commander Clash. Like you, you death deathbellow, <laughs> warcry, kneehab, and then you like aggravated assault, and then you like you like wreck the whole table, like from nothing. Then, right? You like you just top deck just like one card or something. You're like, ha, huh, gotcha.
0: <laughs> and it it doesn't exile itself, so you could like flash it back and get four more Minotaurs with the kneehab <laughs> mana. That means we going. Have eight
2: Minotaurs in our deck. Uh, Wait, wait,
1: wait. wait. Now, now I, I, sorry guys. I gotta quit the podcast. I gotta go brew. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I think, uh, out of the rest of these cards, the other one that I've heard people talk about in like a semi-serious manner is Terror of Mount Velis, the other red one. Uh, that one's a seven mana flying double strike dragon. You get a five five. And when it enters a battlefield, creatures you control gain double strike until undeterred. So what I've mostly seen people say with this one, as far as standard, is you can attack with Ilharg, put this into play, you're going to have essentially 10 flying double striking power from Terror, and then you give your Ilharg double strike, which is already a 6-6 trample, so that's like 22 mostly evasive damage if you just put this into play off Ilharg. So maybe there's some sort of like ramp spell, rhythm of the wild, Ilharg, put this into play, 22U type of deck like we've seen in Pioneer, but in Standard with this?
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, wouldn't, is this better than just playing Ronis? <laughs> uh, no, probably not. Yeah. But is, uh, Ronis be, is another you color, though. You, you you block a, yourself into two colors, but it's two too less. But,
0: <laughs> but Ilhar don't care when you're putting him to mean, play with <laughs> Ilhar. Mana cost goes out the window. <laughs> uh,
2: true. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, I am. I am just seeing this card as another reason to kill all Kalia players, like on the spot. <laughs>
2: yeah just <laughs> like, oh, yes, yeah. don't mind if I do, if I drop this dragon in and give everything double strike? Like, no problem. <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing that it's got going, It's that it's the dragon type, so that does have, you know, applications here and there, but I feel like I would just play Ronis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Uh Alright, alright, one, one, one more card, I want to talk about this. Grasping Giant. Oh, Korg?
2: It looks like Korg from <laughs> Four from <laughs> from Thor- Ragnarok. Looks like Thanos to me. <laughs> oh, oh I, I I guess yeah that that also works too. But but Korg, and yeah like this this card I thought was pretty cool at first. So uh,
1: so five in white, so six CMC. It's a five seven vigilance giant. Whenever Grasping Giant becomes blocked by a creature, exile that creature until Grasping Giant leaves the battlefield. Is
0: this good in any sense? Like, no. I mean, I guess if you're Giant Tribal, like, this is another giant, but isn't it just like a 5-7 unblockable for the most part? Do you guys think this is good
1: or bad? Because a lot of people point to this card and say, look, this is why white sucks, (laughs)
0: right? Everyone
1: has, like, (laughs) legitimate creatures. And then white gets a 5-7 for six mana. That exiles a creature. So what can you do with it? You can, I don't know, lure up Grasping Giant, like exile the whole <laughs> team. Uh, yeah. You can give Trample, and I guess it just becomes unblockable. But that's it. Like, that that's kind of white shtick here. Like, you just exile it temporarily. This guy never dies in combat, has like eight arms, but can only block one creature still.
0: <laughs> I mean what wait yes it's it's not a very good card although I mean I guess being a giant is a upside we have like the the giant non-giant wrath in standard so maybe that is like a reason to play it it's something that Boros survives Boris giants
2: Boris yeah. giants cuz then you'll I mean, have a, a a bone crusher giant and and this Well, then
0: <laughs> Although, then you do have Grasping Giant in your deck. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, th- that is the drawback. I,
1: I think yeah, this is like one of the best arts on like the worst cards. <laughs> it reminds me of 100 Handed One, but at least that card had like potential, right? This card, like, I don't know what you do with it. Like, why? Like, oh, white creatures. <laughs>
0: at least 100 Handed One was funny. Like, blocking 99 extra creatures, like, <laughs> that-, that was the best part of that card, I think.
1: <laughs> I wonder if that ever, ever became relevant. Like someone, someone like comboed like and somehow like creatures. they, no no they like emptied the warrens and only made it to like thirty storm or something, so they only had like sixty tokens and then you hundred handed one them. <laughs> you,
0: you could probably like play it to time someone out with like Kiki Jiki style combos. Like <laughs> you gotta you gotta do a lot of clicking to kill kill me through my hundred handed one. <laughs>
1: Uh, all right, wait, so wait, there are wait. a couple more previews, but uh, we'll skip them. Some of them are actually not bad. Yeah, uh, I, so, Some of them are quite decent, but I've, we'll I've save been. them for, for the set proper uh, next week, so, since we want to uh, talk about 2019, year in review.
0: Yeah, so spoiler-wise, just so everyone knows, uh, apparently they posted the schedule... It looks like there's a spoiler a day starting tomorrow through the rest of this week on like official Wizards channels like Magic Arena, the Mothership. And then next week on Monday is when we get the full start of everyone doing spoilers and content creators and all that. So that's where we're at with arrows. But today's a day to look back on the past year of Magic. So I think we're going to focus at least first on what's been going on with the formats. We have a ton of formats in Magic. We had a bunch of new formats this year. And then a bunch of changes with older formats that have been around a while. So, uh, let's start with, with new formats. Or formats that, I guess, uh, we're gonna throw Brawl, I guess, into the new format mix, even though it's kinda been around because it's new to Arena. Uh, so, new format wise, what was our what was our first big new format of the year? I guess it was probably the announcement that brawl was coming to arena was actually actually the first one. So uh, what do you guys think about brawl this year? Brawl was a format that infamously last year had a person win a tournament by being <laughs> the only person to show up at the tournament. It looked like it was pretty dead, but it seems like it is uh, at least from my perspective, been revitalized to some extent at least by coming to magic online. but what what do you guys think about this year in brawl?
2: uh it's cool that arena has another format to play and i think that's why that's the appeal in uh in brawl because like yeah like it's just cool to see them add other cards also and whatnot and yeah just have another format to play that is standard.
1: i I think brawl is just historic and we know how good historic is like if brawl was released on magic online which it was no one would play it uh, I, I they think get- they, they wanted to make a commander format. So I think Brawl in Paper, where you play with four different players, it's, or three different players in a multiplayer format, that would be amazing. Like, I want to get into Commander, but I don't want to buy cards from like 80 million years ago. I want to use my standard cards. Amazing. But as a 1v1 format, it's, it's not too enticing. It's kind of just like standard. Uh, We play it on Arena because that's the only other thing we have to play, like discounting historic Brawl and then, you know, the the random events they give us. So I feel like it's a format that's propped up only because of Arena, and I haven't seen many people playing Brawl, you know, for fun because they want to. It's just because that's the only thing they have, but I'd like to see the push to four-player Brawl, and if they got that on Arena somehow, that'd be amazing.
0: I think the people that play Brawl play it because they find standards slightly more miserable than <laughs> Brawl. So it kind of wins by, by default <laughs> in some cases. But no, it's definitely good to have uh, additional formats on Arena. I don't really think that Brawl is ever going to be a paper format. I kind of feel like we already tried that and it didn't, didn't actually catch on. So. I don't know. Do you think there's any chance that when we're looking back on this next year that there is four-player brawl on Arena, or is that just uh, kind of a pipe dream and we'll never see multiplayer games on Arena? Uh,
2: I I think it's gonna be a while, <laughs> and, and I'd rather I'd rather have other things worked on. I I actually think it's the most important thing. Uh, so
1: multiplayer like. Let's say, let's call it cooperative, right? Because when we play online, we are playing against someone and you're trying to smash their face in. Uh, we don't have a mode for multiplayer. And, and part of the fun of magic is the gathering of people. And Wizards has kind of relegated that to paper, right? They're saying, okay, paper is where you, you gather as friends, but it's also the most popular aspect of magic. So I see them trying to get that into arena somehow. It's just hard. But the minute they figure it out, they're, They're going to totally backtrack on their, like, yeah, you know, Commander is for Paper and Standard is for Arena. Like, the minute they get multiplayer on Arena, like, all in on Arena. Because, you know, we have so much fun on Commander Clash, right? Like, why can't we do that on, like, a modern client where everyone else (laughs) plays and not, like, some obscure (laughs) niche of players who (laughs) are willing to go through Modo can play, right? Like, just imagine... Playing Commander on Arena, like that's crazy, right? Like I, I think they'll eventually go there. So when, but when I really,
0: imagine playing Commander on Arena, though, I imagine the screen being so cluttered I can't actually understand what's going on. Like that kind of happens in two-player games if the board gets really big and it's a long grindy matchup. Like I guess that's my question. I is think it, it any worse awesome. than
1: Moto though? <laughs>
0: I think it actually is. When Have you ever tried to block when there's like 40 creatures blocking and attacking and you just have like arrows pointing in every different direction? Could you imagine that if you were attacking like three different people with big boards? Like it would just I I don't even my mind would explode trying to (laughs) understand what was going on. So I think that's my my concern. Like I would love it to happen. But I'm like skeptical if multiplayer could actually work without some big changes to just like how the game is displayed on arena.
2: Yeah. Like I, I, I don't think there's a way where you would be able to like, I think you would have to just be able to like kind of like click on the top left to go to the other one person's board and then top right. You have to like add these arrows so you could just go look at boards.
1: Yeah. Go, go, go artifact style, like zoom out, swap yeah. boards, <laughs> zoom back in.
0: I mean, I think another possibility that has actually been, like, mentioned a little bit by Wizards when they've talked about multiplayer in Arena is the possibility that there's, like, a whole different game for that that could come up in the future. <laughs> oh, so I want to buy my cards for a third
1: time, <laughs> Seth. Maybe a fourth time if we count Magic Online. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, I mean, that's that's another, another possibility that maybe there's just, like, a Commander game that's in the works uh, for the future.
2: That, that's not going to work out well. <laughs> that's not going to work out well.
1: I, mean, I, I think Seth is on... I, I think they will make some kind of magic spinoff that will yeah. try to capture, like, multiplayer. Like, it might not be 100% magic, but it will be something like that. As, you know, we, we've seen wizards kind of spread their IP onto other games. So maybe they'll try some kind of, like, multiplayer mobile game.
0: Well, speaking of formats that... Are commander-esque, but not quite commander. We also had Oathbreaker this year, which is a format we got to play at GP Vegas, and uh, people seem at least somewhat interested in. I think that's uh, another format we should mention in our new format section. Uh, what do you guys think about the state of Oathbreaker? Are, are we past the point now where we have to worry about it being tiny leaders and just disappearing? Uh, is that still a risk? Is this something that's going to be around a year from now, two years from now? Uh, what do you think about Oathbreaker at the moment?
2: Uh, I, I like it more than Brawl currently. Uh, and it it has... It, it's got some fun to it. I mean, like, I know that right now there's a little bit of a, I, I guess, a fatigue with Planeswalkers, but I, I, I think it's pretty cool having the signature spell. Uh, it's a neat idea. But, like, I the concern here is, like, is like if commander ever allows you to make a planeswalker uh your your commander then then i think that takes a lot away from oathbreaker.
0: Yeah, that's something so, i've pushed for too and i and i hope happens eventually.
2: I mean, i thought the rules
1: committee said they they have thought about it and they laid out reasons why they will never want planeswalkers as your commander. Uh but i think the signature spell adds a big thing. Yeah. Uh and if they somehow merge the two formats and fine, i guess, <laughs> right? Like but i feel oathbreaker Kind of got the wins taken out of its sail with Pioneer. Like, Oathbreaker was fresh new format. Everyone was enjoying it. Uh, you can't play it anywhere. That's a problem. <laughs> like, Magic Online doesn't support it. You have to have a group of players, uh, that they'll play Oathbreaker. But from when we played it, I thought it was really fun. I, I don't think it's... Uh, limited, like tiny leaders in in the design uh, of the format, so you have a lot of flexibility. We saw aggressive strategies, we saw controlling strategies, uh, combos, whatever. So I feel oathbreaker is pretty good. I wish there was some way to play it on Magic Online, or Arena, or something. Uh, and we need a salty planeswalker. That's the other thing.
0: Yeah, I think that would go a long way, being able to play it somewhere digitally, as far as, like, driving interest in the format, but uh, I thought it was fun, too. I don't know, uh, I don't know where it fits in the hierarchy of, like, multiplayer formats. I, I mean, nothing's gonna top Commander. Commander, like, is at the top of the hierarchy of all Magic formats at the moment, but I feel like Oathbreaker is definitely in that next level, as far as, like, multiplayer formats, where if it's... Something if you enjoy multiplayer formats, it's something that I think is uh, at least worth checking out, and I expect it'll continue to have its dedicated fans moving forward. I, I don't think it'll completely disappear like uh, Tiny Leaders has, arguably, where, where it's just not a thing anymore. I expect that it'll still see some play. Will it ever become the next commander, where it's like uh, getting uh, products from wizards or making like Oathbreaker-themed decks and stuff? That's probably going to take a while if it ever does happen. Uh, definitely more hit or miss there, but I think people We'll keep playing the format, at least. Well, as far as new formats, I think we have at least one more, which is uh, <laughs> Arena's answer to uh, Pioneer, which <laughs> we'll get to in a minute. Uh, I guess maybe we just talk about these together. Pioneer and Historic. We had Pioneer announced, Historic announced basically the same time. Both are non-rotating formats. One is on Magic Arena, one is in paper and on Magic Online. Uh, Historic and Pioneer, definitely big changes of the year. Where are we at with these formats?
2: Um well I'll I'll start off with like I think historic is just it, it does actually add a little bit more fun to arena once again adding just another format that we can play like how we enjoy brawl cuz now that uh, and I mean right now historic doesn't seem like much on arena because only a few sets have rotated out since uh since the release but once we get more sets on arena historic will kind of become its own thing adding the like you know the specific cards they want to where they can kind of just like choose what cards get printed i think that's pretty cool uh like i think recently we just got reese or or is it it's Reese, right? Is that how you pronounce that? The Commander card.
0: I I think so. I always said like Rise or something. Yeah, I, but I, then I get yelled at, so I think it's actually supposed to be Reese or something close to that. S-
2: somebody in in the comment section said that I I I've been hanging out with you too much because now I'm starting <laughs> to warp my own words and like I'm like, is that true? And then I listened back and I'm like this is true. Uh oh. <laughs> so so Richard, I need your opinion on. I got it. nothing.
1: We, we, little, it's Reese's like the. Like oh, the okay. All right then. Yes.
2: Resists, uh yeah. Like adding cards like that, I think is really sweet, and just them choosing what gets uh, added to the format. Like seeing Forexian Arena, that's pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie to you. And and I I want to see where this goes. There's there's a potential for this to be a lot of fun, and it hopefully it eventually leads to them just adding Pioneer.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's my concern about Historic I think it is fun and it's nice as we said about Brawl to have more options on Arena but I still can't shake the feeling that it's a filler format why we wait for Pioneer to come and once Pioneer comes to Arena then Historic will like is there any chance they will both be successful on Arena at the same time like or once Pioneer gets there everyone's just going to play Pioneer and Historic like withers and dies well the precursor to that
2: is Historic being successful by itself <laughs> I mean, like right now it has like players in the queue because you can like climb the ladder with it. But I it, I don't. Is it always going to have a ladder? I I, I can't remember. It keeps getting bounced back. And no, forward. they're getting they're removing it. Yeah, they're removing I think it's it. It's
0: going away when Theros like for Theros uh, season when Theros comes out and then coming back like a couple months after Theros releases for like the end of that standard period, basically.
2: Perfect. <laughs> See, So like, yeah, there we go. Uh, there's I, I don't know once they remove it off the competitive queue uh people like it, it's just gonna like have like it's gonna be a ghost town
1: like historic is somehow like
2: worse than standard
1: during you know the the peak worseness of standard like I play historic I play 10 matches they all look exactly the same like literally exactly the same I'm like why These is everyone playing changed. the same deck because there's only like two decks right uh, I haven't played historic in the last month or a couple of weeks I don't have know but when I played banning? It was, it was all gruel cleave, right? Like, whoever uh. got a, whoever got their Burning Emissaries out. And it was just no fun. Contrast, that's a pioneer. You know, I, I build my deck, I play, I get smashed by those other decks. I'm like, oh, I'll try that deck. And then I play that deck, and I get smashed by another deck. I'm like, oh, wait, that deck's probably better. And I'm doing this for literally hours, right? I've played, like, 15 decks or something, and they all seem good to me. They're all fun. There's a deep card pool. I'm constantly brewing. Whereas with Historic, I'm like, okay, just smash together whatever broken standard cards from the last, like, six months, and then here you go. And then here's here's the kicker, right? Historic is the place where you're supposed to play your old cards that were rotated out or banned out of standard, but then they went and banned everything in Historic anyway, right? So if you built an Oko deck on Arena, you have no place to play Oko, right? Like, I so mean, I, Pioneer's I still know. not going to give you that, so... <laughs> I don't know. But you have so many more cards. Historic is such a limited pool. The, the sole reason was for you to play your rotated deck and, like, half the cards don't work anymore because they're all banned.
2: Isn't that part of the, like, I mean, the, the issue is, like, because there aren't that many cards, you don't have many ways to interact, like, that any efficient ways. And even if you can, it still doesn't feel great because in Pioneer, you can still interact with it. And, and Oko, well, like, destroys you anyways. So the 20 cards they added should have been cards that, like, annihilate Oko,
1: right? <laughs> or, you know, like, they, they should... Be added, like, they should allow you to play these cards because it feels bad that you spent all these wild cards and now you can't play at all on them, right? So, I mean, but I understand, like, yes, Oko's just completely busted. I mean, he's he's doing
2: his world tour of getting banned from every format, right? So, like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah,
0: that is, that is very true. Modern is probably going to be next or at least possibly be next. I like, yeah, so, oh, go ahead, Grim.
2: I was going to say, like, if we're, if we're going to go and talk about like 2019 in review, I think the most twenty nineteen magic thing that could happen was Oko, right? Like I mean you got you got to see Oko elk a black lotus and swing for lethal. Like the like in vintage, right? So So yeah. so maybe we're dipping into next week's podcast, but forerunner
1: of play design for twenty nineteen, Hogak or Oko? <laughs> or once upon a time. I can't choose. They're all so painful. I, because Hogak did something interesting. So, so the flip side of Pioneer. So basically, modern players, like a good chunk of modern players, like half of all modern players just jump shift to like Pioneer. Yep, yep. So Pioneer is actually a huge format right now. On Goldfish, it's like the second most popular format after Commander. Right? And it's basically stolen from modern players. And I don't know if it's just the merit of Pioneer or this is just coming off the back of Hogak Summer. But remember, we had Modern Horizons this year, released a slew of new cards into Modern Hogak, Renin 6, Pact of Negation. And then we had Hogak Summer, and then people are like, "Ah, I don't want to play Modern. And then Pioneer happened, everyone jumped to Modern. (laughs) Uh, Pioneer.
0: I mean, I'm one of those people for the most part. Like, it's kind of strange, and it wasn't an intentional choice, but since Pioneer came to Magic Online, I've played almost no modern. When I used to play modern probably more than any other format, like, right up through Modern Horizons releasing this summer, so I I guess I can understand other people doing that, because, like, I kind of accidentally ended up doing that myself for the most part, so uh, I think that Pioneer is definitely, if I had to choose one thing that was my favorite thing and the best thing about this entire year, it's got to be the creation of Pioneer. Like, there's good and there's bad, but Pioneer, for me, sticks out above the rest as, like, something that I think is going to I mean, you can argue that Pioneer has, like, saved Magic Online. It is uh, saving Pro Tours in the paper game with the Players Tour event starting uh, in February in just a couple of months. I feel like this is a huge deal. And probably when we look back on 2019, like, five years in the future, I think Pioneer is going to be the thing that has by far the most longest-lasting impact out of the changes this year.
2: I'm I'm also with Seth here where I think my favorite thing of the year is easily Pioneer. And I also was playing Modern and then I just was like, "Eh, the, the, the it's just Pioneer's so much fun because like everything is powerful, right? Like every deck is viable." So, so far. And like uh, I, I do think that like the bannings like now that it's like perfect pretty much for me. I I think that uh it like it's just such a fun format to be playing. So, who was around
1: for the creation of Modern?
2: I was so like was it the
1: same split where we had legacy and then modern was created and it siphoned players from legacy or did we have what was the deal with extended like how are we seeing the same thing
2: happen like
0: well a long extended
1: time ago, died or is it off different?
2: before
0: yeah extended it, it, was very unpopular
2: yeah it had already died off before modern even came out um and like well i guess like i had played when like yeah, it was, like, just a rumored format everyone was building, but it wasn't like it took away from Legacy too much. It was just a fun format to try. Uh, because, like, still, Legacy was its own beast, and Legacy, I think, will always be its own thing.
1: Uh, but but do we have players quitting Legacy to play Modern, or no. was it Legacy good enough? Because I feel like everyone kind of hates Modern, <laughs> and we just played it because, I don't know, right? Like, the the minute we're like, look, there's a format without Karn liberated, there's a format where you don't get turn 4 comboed everyone just jump ship. Like, I've never seen a format grow so quickly and be so popular out of the gates, like, ever. So I'm wondering, like, why, right? And is this unique? Has it happened before when Magic has created formats in the
0: past? I mean, I think... I think that modern did uh, lead to a lot of growth when it came out in two thousand and eleven. Like, I think it was uh, it did become popular pretty quickly, and I think it did. Uh, even if you didn't have player, like, legacy players are kind of a unique breed. Where, like, the the true legacy players are gonna ride and die with legacy. Like, fifty years from now, if Magic's a dead game, you are gonna have people <laughs> running like legacy tournaments somewhere. Like that. That's how legacy players are. But I feel like we did see modern come along and like kind of push legacy a little bit to the background with, like, SCD tournaments and then uh, GPs. We used to have a lot more support for Legacy back before Modern came in 2011, and I feel like that's what we're kind of seeing with Pioneer, where Pioneer's going to do the same thing with Modern and just, like, cannibalize the tournament scene and, like, viewers to some extent, especially for paper. Like, digital's different because we don't have Pioneer on Arena at this point, but I feel like we're going to see the same thing. I also think part of the reason that Pioneer uh, succeeded is it is a format that is like relatively accessible compared to other non-rotating formats. Like that's one thing I've been really impressed with is there really are competitive like $100 decks and $50 decks when even in the early days of modern, you were spending $1,500 like to put together Jund or something. Like those cards were so expensive. So I think that's part of the reason is this feels like a modern format that not only uh, is really fun and you don't die on turn three like you do in modern all the time, but it's actually accessible to basically anyone like you could i think it's actually easier to build budget decks in pioneer than it is in standard which sounds crazy but i actually <laughs> think you can build more competitive hundred dollar decks in in the pioneer format so i feel like that's a big part of it too is the accessibility factor
2: yeah like and it, it doesn't feel bad when you're like because example like in modern a lot of the money comes from like you spending it on like your lands right like you, you have yeah. a lot of fetch lands all of that stuff but in in pioneer you just get the shocks
0: and Wizards, uh, whether... I mean, I'm assuming it's intentional, but they did a really good job of giving us a ton more shocks with our return to Return to Ravnica, and then announcing this format. So, uh, if we didn't just get another run of Shocklands, maybe you'd have, like, $30, $40 Shocklands, but because they were just reprinted within the last... Uh, less than a year, even the Shocklands aren't that expensive, and we've even seen some show up in, like, the Brawl decks and stuff, so I feel like Wizards has kind of went out of their way to avoid pioneer having the same issues of modern with the mana bases and like how inaccessible modern mana bases became really quickly with fetch lands and uh in some other lands in the format
2: <laughs> and and also i do find it uh fun that you know once again that one of the hotter cards at the beginning of a format <laughs> is is thought seas because that was the same with modern when that came <laughs> out i remember i spent like 70 60 dollars for like my thought because I, I built like blue black teferi teachings
1: <laughs> oh, we were playing Teferi back then. Yeah. <laughs> Before I... all our broken Teferis, huh? <laughs> but I realized it
2: wasn't great. <laughs> I wanted to play with Delay again and all that stuff, so that that was why. I wonder, yeah,
1: I, I'm like Seth, I haven't played Modern in, like, months. <laughs> right? I'm curious what it's like, and I'm curious if I'll be like, ah, yes, getting Karn, this is this is right, this is how it's supposed to be. <laughs> ah, home. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I don't know To me the, the death of Modern Was Modern Horizons I, I just did not appreciate So many format warping cards Altogether To further increase The power level of Modern And to kind of Modern was a was a format where like you either have the answer or you die on the spot, and then post sideboard. It's like you have the sideboard card or you die in the spot, and then somehow it got worse after Modern Horizons,
2: right? Where, so even if you had the answer, you still died on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, they're, they're just too many. You're like, I have the answer, but they have fact negation, so they got my answer, right?
1: But yeah, I don't know. I just feel it, it was too swingy. Whereas Pioneer, it's just slow enough that you can do janky things and get away with it. Like, it's a turn or two slower, like, if you didn't kill someone in Modern, like, you're dead on turn four. Whereas in Pioneer, like, oh, you know, you haven't killed me yet, it's turn five, I can, like, put together my terrible three-card combo now and kill you in time. (laughs) Because you can't kill me fast enough, right? Like, there's some interaction going on.
2: Like, I, I just did a video for Jund Pact, right? Like, being able to play Demonic Pact and make that a thing in Pioneer is pretty fun that shows yeah. you where you're at when a four man enchantment and then i and i actually get to just harmless offering it away and win with it often yeah. i mean
0: i I think really, yeah. I I think that's a really good point. I think the reason that I love Modern, and a lot of people love Modern, is uh, that feeling that anything's playable, and there's like a hundred different, like, semi-viable decks that you could, like, show up to a tournament with, and if things break right, and you play well, you can, like, be successful with. Pioneer has that feeling. But the thing that most people disliked about Modern was the games where you just randomly die on turn two or turn three. You get carned or you get Stormed, or whatever. You get urza Infinite Urza combo, whatever like miserable t- uh, primeval titan coming down with Amulet out, like that's the part that's missing from Pioneer. So I feel like Pioneer is like the you can have your cake and eat it too format. You get this like huge breath of decks like you do in Modern, but without the worst part of Modern, which is like you can't interact and you just randomly die and have these miserable non games. <laughs> so I feel like I feel like Pioneer is like such a huge deal. Like, I, I can't even overstate what a big deal this is for Magic, and I've had some people be like, oh, is this gonna be like a Tiny Leaders? Like, is this something that's gonna remain popular? I think that Pioneer is going to put its mark uh, on the tournament scene and be one of the biggest formats in Magic, like, over the next couple years. I really do.
1: Yeah, and with the success of Pioneer, so I predict for 2020 that Wizards is gonna go all out on Modern. Like, we're gonna get wasteland or something in modern. We're gonna up the power oh. level further because oh. now we have pioneer. Right? Like if you don't want to play crazy magic, right? You you have pioneer, but now since you know modern is like this thing, like we're gonna die in turn four anyway. Might as well have a wasteland, right? So no, or something like that. <laughs> no. I, I, we're well, gonna get more powerful. Like we already have free spells. We have you know pact of negation, right? Like they're they're gonna make a fixed wasteland. That's not. And that's not field of the dead. <laughs> I mean, or I, something along that line to just bump the power level of modern.
2: I don't I don't I don't think you need to do agree. that.
1: We don't need it, but that's how, that's how you sell packs. <laughs> I,
0: I think I think we see Modern Horizons 2 that is uh even more pushed than Modern Horizons 1 and puts more like legacy staples into the format and that maybe where Modern Heads is like it actually towards like a no reserve list legacy like modern becomes the format that a lot of people who don't play legacy think legacy is where you just d- die on turn two <laughs> yeah and then and then pioneer becomes what most people wished modern was which is a format with a ton of different playable decks where but you can still actually play like a somewhat interactive game of magic
2: i mean yeah like that that is probably how it's gonna go and, and and it's a bummer because that's the only format that I can like that I enjoy playing Jace the Mind Sculptor in but like yeah like maybe maybe it does become that but like please not wasteland. Don't worry Krim Jace the
1: Mind Sculptor is coming to standard in 2020 Oh please. <laughs> we had Oko. Oh please. Like Jace he'll come in like two colors be three CMC and like uptick on Brainstorm He'll have a fifth ability He'll have a fifth ability <laughs>
0: All right, well we have we have a couple more formats we haven't really talked too much about the existing formats. I guess we kind of hit a little bit on modern with our discussion here with Pioneer. We talked a little bit about legacy with uh maybe things not going so well. Where are we at with standard? This has been one of the uh, i don't even know like the most uh <laughs> Uh, Divisive standards? Like, people have really enjoyed the format at times. People have really hated the format at times. We've had a record number of bannings. Like, how do you even wrap up 2019 in the context of standard?
2: Oko?
1: Just standard. I feel Oko gets a bad rap because he's banned everywhere. But just in standard, his impact was big, but any bigger than... Say Emercall or Sahili combo or Smuggler's Copter or any of the broken things we've had in the past. He's, I think he's. I don't bigger. know. We just like to meme <laughs> on Oko because it's like, yeah, Black Lotus, Haha, right? Like no, we, but, we see him everywhere, right? So but, he
2: gets more of a bad rap. He, just he was for standard. worse than that, though. I think like he, he was much worse than Felidar combo, in my opinion. And
0: uh, I think it was also partly not just Oko, but like how powerful the support cards were, like, and how powerful Green was, Veil of Summer and Once Upon a Time, and uh, One Man of Mana and Gilded Goose, and I feel, Nissa, like, I feel like it was, yes, Oka was really busted, there's no doubt about it, but maybe the reason we look at it differently than Smuggler's Copter Emrakul is because it was in a deck that was so busted, because the support cards were so good, to the point where it really did become, like, a one-deck meta. We got up to like, historic levels, 70% set of Pro Tours being, yeah. like, the people playing basically the same Oko deck. So, I think it's maybe, like, holistically, the Oko decks were too good. Even though Oko itself is clearly too good, because it's been banned in so many formats, but I think that was maybe the bigger problem. And I would even argue that from a play design perspective, you asked this, uh, earlier, like, Hogak versus Oko, I think the biggest miss from play design, for me, it's gotta be Once Upon a Time. I don't think that was, like, Necessarily the most broken card this year, but I feel like that was the card that uh, play design should have known better. Like, how many years have we been to like, hey, free spells are a problem. Bad things happen when you print free spells. You probably should stop printing some free spells. And they're like, oh, once upon a time, this will be fine.
2: I mean, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think that was like the first thing that we all talked about. It's like, oh, look, a free spell, <laughs> like with, with my eyes rolled back to my skull. Like, you know what I mean, like. <laughs> I, I think this year, like, you're right. It, it, like, Oko wasn't the most broken thing. Like, I actually don't even think I was a huge, like, I, I don't think Oko was a big problem for me in standard. Uh, it was always everything else in Oko. <laughs> I don't play creatures. Exactly. I'm like, I think I'm at a little bit of a, of a different spot because <laughs> I don't play any creatures. So, uh, but, but yeah, like, I, I think the whole color pie shift where everything just went into green just made it so that, oh, uh, the whole shell is just, like, nauseating. Like, "In Veil of Summer is a one-mana answer to my existence. And, like, <laughs> you know, like, I, th- there was just a, like, there's no reason to play any other colors than green. Yeah. I think Standard's
1: pretty interesting. Because on one hand, Standard was really fun this year. Because yeah. we got to play on Arena, right? We, for the first time, you know, online was a first-class experience. Actually, better than Paper, right? Because you got to play before any Paper pre-release, uh, you know, you got you know all of the cool animations, the the voice lines, so it was actually a really fun time to play standard. It was just marred by having terrible standards, right? Like yep. uh but at the same time it was not too bad because you know when your Okos were banned, you got some wild cards packs, so it was not terrible, but the the flux of just getting every deck list banned and then you didn't know what you wanted to play to the extent of eSports being affected, right? People are like, uh, you know, the event's in a week. Are we getting a banding or no, <laughs> right? So I, I think there was, you know, great rise because of Arena. Standard was kind of meh, but I, I feel like it's not that bad. Like, I, I feel like we the previous standards were just as bad, right? Like, ever since we went to ban happy phase and we had the new play design team, like, there have been a lot of weird misses as they tried to push to power level and then kind of failed. Uh, But I think Arena kind of made up for it this year. I I felt like overall, it was fun to play Standard.
0: I think there's Um, also some, like, recency bias with our, like, uh, takes on Standard from this year. After M20, I think Standard has been mostly not very good. Like, there's been some good periods here and there, uh, but for the most part... However, I think that, like, before that at the beginning of the year i think this was actually one of the better standard periods like right yeah. after Ravnik allegiance even wore the spark like that period the first six months of the year that was i think one of the best points that we've had standard be at in several years probably like it kind of went very much downhill after m20 and then Throne of Eldraine. <laughs> but the first six months i think that was actually a very good time for standard
2: yeah i i, I think m like m20 was definitely when i started getting a uh... Like, there was a little bit of a downswing for me on, on standard, but I, I agree with Seth. Like, War are the spark that I actually had a, a blast. Uh, that was so much fun. And before that, like, we've had a good standard for a very long time. So I think now, like, we're kind of hitting a dead. Like, when was the last time I didn't enjoy standard? I guess, like, Mar- uh, Mardu vehicles? I guess. Oh no no. No no, no, no. when aggro raids no, no 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 actually no, no no it was Ixalan, when it was the teamer mid range fests. So
0: Oh yeah. That was that was a pretty bad standard too. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I it, it actually made me miss Mardu Mid Mardu Aggro.
0: <laughs> I since we're on standard i got to ask you the big picture topic one of the conversations that's come up just recently really towards the end of this year with all the bannings uh huge declines as far as like tournament attendance at PTQs and like standard uh, GPs uh, as far as main events are concerned is 2019 the year where standard died in paper and became a arena format or do you think this is Something that's going to reverse itself in 2020, and we're going to see paper standard spring back to life and be very popular and heavily played again.
2: I think, I think paper standard will be always something like with the way the bannings have gone, it'll be a little scary, you know, to buy into paper standard, right? If, if a deck is ever like $700 or something like that, and then, you know, your, your like core pieces get banned, it's a little scary, right? Like, whereas on Arena, it's just here. You get your wild cards back, so I don't know. I I if if that's like even if we had a good standard, like I uh, I don't know if like that that'll it'll ever be like the way it was. Yeah, I I think
1: I think Seth is right. I think 2019 is the the death of standard in paper. I think Wizards acknowledges this, right? We see uh premier events shifting towards casual like commander play command zone command fest type things uh the, the thing we we keep glossing over is how expensive magic is like even this past standard like the most expensive standard ever like you're talking multiple hundreds of dollars uh, for a deck where the rise of arena made it possible for you to play for free right uh you know you can grind your way into your deck or for an investment of fifty dollars or a hundred dollars, you can just straight up buy your decks, as opposed to spending tons of cash on paper cards. And like every every year, I'm reminded like Black Friday just passed. I bought God of War for ten dollars, right? Like on, on PlayStation Four, played it for hours. That's like half of a draft or something of Magic, right? But I'm like. Why would I buy a standard deck if I had nothing to do? Or I could buy, like, a PlayStation and, like, a million games and play for literally ever. Or I could play any free game, like Fortnite, League of Legends, whatever. Or I can play Magic, right? So I feel we're moving away from that. With all these free-to-play games, Arena came out the right time. People are jumping to Arena because it's cheaper. And then Paper Magic is just kind of going by the wayside because it's expensive.
2: I mean, like, yeah, I... I I I think it's just commander for me that like I have paper magic for. I mean like I, I pioneer is a huge part of that for me right now, but like if arena gets pioneer then I'm just like, well, all right then. So it's just commander.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think I think we will continue to see and we already have scheduled like Pioneer and modern tournaments, like that seems to be what paper pro tours or player tours, uh, now are going to be focused on. So, uh, I wouldn't be surprised though if that's what we see moving forward, where almost all the big paper events are going to be, uh, pioneer and modern events. And then standard from wizards, as far as like mythic invitationals and pro tour level events, is going to be basically exclusively on standard or on arena rather. Like, I think that is what we've seen this year. And I don't think that's going to reverse going. Going into 2020 I think that's the the way of the future and what we're gonna continue to see whether or not that's a good thing or not I'm not 100 percent sure like it's obviously good that arena is doing well how much does paper standard like matter? i don't know i still like traditionally it's mattered a lot like over the course of the history of the game like you you think like paper standard is very important but maybe it's not in the world of 2019 with arena and all the other stuff that's going on so it, i think that's maybe one of the biggest shifts of the year along uh, along with the uh, pioneer being like such a huge awesome thing i think just as far as like biggest changes definitely standard is uh near the top of my list for 2019
1: yeah, I think the moment that will break it is when the formats diverge somehow Like, we, we've kind of seen that struggle with Arena trying to push Best of 1 And then, you know, everyone else wanted Best of 3 And then we see different bannings taking place Like Nexus of Fate banned in Best of 1 I wonder if we'll ever hit a point where something is banned on Arena Or something is added to Arena uh, so currently on Arena, you could play with cards that aren't available in paper, like the the original like Arena promo cards or whatever. They're just terrible. But I wonder <laughs> if eventually they'll be good enough that someone finds a deck, or that they they try to make a push and they print a promo that's only available on Arena, so that you can only enjoy it on Arena, kind of like Historic, right? Where they just add something directly to Standard. And I think that is when we'll see like you know paper and Arena diverge for real.
0: I think the other sign that we could see would be, uh, something getting nerfed rather than banned. Yeah. Ooh, like when we, first, when we first see like, oh, like Oko's plus two is now a zero ability or something. Like once that happens, that'll be a pretty clear sign that arena trumps paper when, as far as standards concerned.
2: I, uh, yeah, but ev- I don't know if that can ever happen though. Right. Like, I mean, do you think it'll happen? Cause I mean, th- we, we, They still have the paper side of Magic to, to like, uphold, right?
1: Yeah, but it can just be... I mean, the same way they made Brawl diverge for whatever reason. (laughs) They're like, online, Oko is banned, but in paper, he's not banned in Brawl. You're like, what? (laughs) Right, they did that for a while, right? So they could just say, now we have two standards. Tabletop standard and Magic Arena standard.
0: Or maybe they just do it for, like, best of one. Like, in best of one, Oko is nerfed. Like, we saw Nexus banned in best of one when it wasn't in best of three.
2: Yeah, but like ban lists, I think are a little bit different than what the card does, right? Like if if they actually just errata something to where like Oko's uh, plus one is now a minus, right? Like when you elk, it's actually a minus. Okay, that then and then you see that on digital, and then you buy it in paper, and then it does something else, and then because like I, I I forgot what I guess game. that's true. Yeah. Like I I think it was like. I played some other card game and it, it like they had a digital client where like nothing was the same and I was like, uh, <laughs> as you can see, I don't play it anymore. Because <laughs> <Like, laughs> it's just like, hold on, it does what? Yeah, you didn't know that it's been eroded. This is terrible. Why would I play this? Well,
1: it's fine, Crim, because you're like this card is banned. You can't play it anyway in tabletop. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's also true. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm actually curious if they'll do that because it's such a waste of a character. Like Oko and a card. W- would and- you
2: say it's a waste, or did he do his job? Like I mean, <laughs> I mean, he did his job. <laughs> he did his job, <laughs> did his job right? very, very well. We have not <laughs> forgotten Oko, and we will never forget Oko.
0: <laughs> All right. So, do we have uh, do we have any other thoughts on kind of our big picture part one year in review stuff that we want to talk about, or uh, should we get to some some fish mail
1: oh, We skipped out on Popper.
0: Oh, oh you're so right. So Popper, our
1: our budget friendly format. Uh, has gotten a lot of support from Wizards this year It was officially sanctioned They also Solidified the ban list Or the legal The, the legal cards list With the, the Magic Online version And we know Wizards has been printing commons and un, uh, Downshifting things into commons Like for Popper uh, For the last couple sets So Popper is actually pretty popular It's like more popular than say Brawl Historic, Oathbreaker Um So, yeah, what do you guys think of Popper? Have
2: you guys played Popper this year? (laughs) I was finally going to play Popper, and then they banned all the cards I wanted to play. (laughs) All all the broken blue cards
1: that were somehow available in Popper got the axe.
0: I go, I go back and forth with Popper. I do enjoy Popper at times, but uh, I haven't played it too much recently since, uh, like Modern Horizons came around and really shook up the format, and then we had some bannings. So I do like uh, Popper, and I am glad to see it getting more support. I think it's the kind of format that it's good for players that if it is successful, because it's so cheap, uh, inaccessible, and, and I would love to see it become, uh, even more of a part of the Magic landscape moving forward. So I think. It was definitely a good year for Popper, although I probably still don't play it as much as I should.
1: Yeah, I, I haven't played Popper in a really long time. Like the last time I played was with the broken blue cards, <laughs> uh, but there was you know a big push. You know the professor has been pushing Popper a lot, and it's it's kind of just highlighting a need for people to play cheaper Magic. Uh, also, similar to Popper, Penny Dreadful uh, kind of had its breakout year this year. That's the what format that? where everything costs a cent available in magic online prices. And then they have a rotating list that also got a lot of traction this year as another format where it's actually cheap. So Popper, you would think is really cheap, but it's not right. It still costs money because there's a lot of old cars that are just really expensive. Penny Jenful cuts that out by saying there's a price limit. And when cars get too expensive, they rotate out of the format. Uh, but and by expensive,
0: yeah. Popper decks are like, 50 to maybe maximum $100 in paper yeah. and then like on Magic Online usually like 10 to $50 so I- expensive is kind of like contextual here like it's definitely still way cheaper than uh, most of the other formats we've been talking about Yep. Yeah. yeah so overall okay to wrap this up and hit a couple fish mail uh Overall feelings about the formats of Magic this year. Like, do you feel like if you lump everything together, the standard bannings and the creation of Pioneer and Historic, like, good or bad year overall for, uh, for these constructed formats? Uh, is Magic heading? They love to do these, uh, these, these polls for the, the country. Like, do you think the country <laughs> is heading in the right direction? <laughs> yes or no? Like, do you think, uh, these big constructed formats are heading in the right direction?
2: I think Pioneer is. And I think as standard will eventually correct itself. Um I mean, like right now it's in a bit of a downswing, as I'd mentioned, but I think it will. I, I, I have good faith that it'll pick back up next year.
1: Yeah, I, I think... Overall, positive. Uh, yeah. I actually don't, I'm not even down on standard like you guys. <laughs> like I think we had a ton of fun in standard with more of the spark, all of the planeswalkers, the uncommon planeswalkers, Eldraine the storybook cards, kind of the alternate art, collector's edition, everything, the client. Uh, so yeah, standard was not peak optimal play, but it was still fun. Uh, so I actually feel it's all going in the right direction. Uh, it's, it's net positive. Now, there's obviously things that we want to improve, but I feel standard was really strong. I feel pioneer also really strong with pleasant surprise. Uh, so yeah, I actually had a ton of fun playing magic in, in 2019. Maybe the most fun yet, yeah. which is interesting because it should get worse over time, right? As you get play more, you get more bored and it's all the same. But I felt magic was pretty fresh this year. We had a lot of experiences and yeah, there were some stumbles, but overall pretty good.
0: Oddly, I I think, I think I'm going to agree with you and we're not going to have anyone that's the, the negative person here. I think if you put everything together overall, I would say that, uh, we are heading in the right direction. Obviously, like some formats did better than others, but I think, uh, overall their trajectory is heading in the right direction. And in large part, I think, uh, that's fueled for me by the creation of Pioneer and just like how big of a deal I think that format is and how much I've been enjoying that format. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm excited for 2020 and see where all this goes. We have, like, players tour events for Pioneer coming up. We're gonna have tons of new stuff coming to Arena. They've talked about, like, cube drafts and reconstructed sets releasing. Like, 2020 is going to be pretty crazy and uh, I'm super hyped for it. Agreed. Anyway, Richard, uh, we, we got a couple minutes. Sneak in a couple of our best uh, fishmail questions this week.
1: All right. If you have questions, send them to at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MTG Fishmail, and we'll get to your question on air. At Bicycle, why do you think WotC made Pioneer? To increase the reprint equity, to get rid of unsold boxes, cash grab for the company's insider traders. I think originally it was not planned for Arena with Watsy not caring about paper. Why make a new paper format? Yeah, what do you, what do you guys think like why why did this happen? It's obviously good that it happened, but do you think it was to increase sales to I, throw a bone to paper players? Like
2: what, I what think it was just time for a new format, right? Enough time had passed. I mean since like what like the inception, like since modern's creation, uh you know, like the there this would be the perfect time to start a new format and you like they had mentioned before how they want to do stuff without fetch lands, so this is the perf like perfect jump on point uh to do that right start from like return to ravnica and just ban whatever fetch lands are there i think i think yeah it's just enough time had passed
0: i think uh actually this is something we've talked about for a while where people have been asking like uh, is this going to happen what about like frontier like will that ever be a format and for the last few years, I had always said it definitely will happen, and I think it. Uh, I think it is like most things. Uh, it comes back to being profitable for wizards, and I think it is a way to generate a bunch more reprint equity. Not that it's a bad thing for the players. I think players love the format, so it's a win-win in that sense. But uh, I've just been going through like my paper cards and trying to get them like on goldfish, so I know exactly what I have and whatnot. And as I'm going through these cards, I keep thinking, man, like we really need like a sweet promo of the fast lands, or like, wow, why is there like a. Masterpiece, uh, of the buddy lads and looking at these like pioneer cards that we have so many printings of like the old uh, modern staples the Tarmogoyfs of the world the Bob, there's a million Arthur's, different promos but a lot of the cards that are most important to pioneer don't have that yet so I think this gives wizards like a decade's worth of like promos they can print and master sets they can print and cool new frames they can use for these cards that are suddenly in demand so I think that that's a, a big reason for it too
1: alright uh Oh, crap, what now? Let's play another round of Costas card. Don't forget to pick the color, Enchantment. You may only attack or block with one creature. After your combat step ends, there's an additional
2: combat step followed by an additional main phase. Hmm. Uh, wait, wait, wait. be wait. red. Yeah. I'm just thinking of that dragon from Conspiracy or whatever. Ah, uh, I, I think it'd be red-black. Even though it's like the worst colors for this because
1: of the loader mechanic kind of there. How much would you cost this, though?
0: So we have see. Uh, hmm. Does it have haste?
1: It's not even. A cr- it's an enchantment. Or an encha- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like like it's like. It's, um, does it give the haste, haste or anything? Or, or no, no, it doesn't give car- uh, It doesn't give haste. You just get basically double combats forever, but you can only attack with one creature or block with one creature.
2: Aggravated assault gives you another combat. <laughs> but I, I, I think, think it's maybe that's five.
0: I'm looking no at like four. Three or four? Only? I think so. If you can only attack with one creature, and you get punished by not being able to to block with more than one creature. Like, we have Seize the Day, which is uh, four mana, you get an extra combat with one creature. Like, you untap one creature and get extra combat, and then can flash it back for three mana, so you can do it twice. I think, like, somewhere in that range is, with the drawbacks, it's probably fine. Maybe, like, four-ish?
2: Yeah. I would say around six. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> that's <Yeah>. like, uh,
0: <laughs> wait, like, the, like it.
2: If you make it too cheap, then we, then like, you know, then it starts getting a little silly, right? Like, it's like, oh boy, because then you get, because like, some decks don't need more than just one creature to attack. Imagine like Boggles just attacking more than once.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that's like you might as well just like cast a fling or something, right? <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like we have enchantments that allow you to attack multiple times. We have a lot of cards that do, it, and I feel they start at five. So, uh, yeah. I think I agree with Seth at... Because there's a restriction on this, four is fair.
2: I would start at five. I would start at five. <laughs> okay. What colors? What colors, though? What do we What do we think are colors? I, I would be think like, mono red. I would think it's either red or or maybe, like, red-white. I don't know. Give it, like, vigilance or something. <laughs> I, I'm trying to throw white a bone here, okay? So, let me... I yeah. think <laughs> I
1: I think... I don't know who has like the restriction on attackers and blockers. Is that, is that even pied? I, don't know. I, think I it's always like think colorless. Lord of I Mechanic. think
0: like yeah. Silent Arbiter and other like crawl space like colorless cards. So I, I assume any color can do that.
1: All right, next question. Lord of the Meese, Krim. You said your team was not in the playoffs. Which team is yours?
2: <laughs> the Denver Broncos. But you know what? It's okay because because they just got another win. Six <laughs> did did you ever live in Denver? Nope. <laughs>
0: the, How did you become a Broncos fan?
2: Uh, my dad watched Broncos games growing up because he, uh-huh. he, he loved watching John Elway. So like, because uh, Elway's from fo- um, Stanford football. And Ooh. so, yeah, like that just made it so that I watched all of the Broncos games. And so naturally, I was like, okay, well, I guess I like the Broncos. I watched so many of their games. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Seth hoodwinked me into watching the Bills game.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. This week, I was like, oh, this is so painful. <laughs> that's, no, that's it was, it was close.
1: But it, like, <laughs> on, the score was close, but it just looked really bad. Like, the time of possession was like two to one <laughs> for the Patriots. And I'm like, this just looks like the Bills I'm always used to, except like every 10 minutes they somehow wing it for like 50 yards <laughs> right and then, otherwise it's like 3 out 3 out 3 out Patriots yeah. are like driving down for like 12 minutes and then somehow like one throw touchdown bills. I'm like what? That,
0: that's what I've been trying to say all year like yes they have a good record but when you watch them you don't get the, like oh yes we're really good you still have this like yeah. lingering feeling of dread that, <laughs> that hangs over you so. yeah whereas I watch
1: the Ravens I'm like okay they're just they're just they're they're, they're ing everyone they're just yeah. destroying <laughs> <laughs> right? it looks good it's flat Bills, I'm
2: like, this is this is Bills football, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like for me, I'm just like caught up, like ah, next year is starting to look so bright because now we have a new quarterback with potential and Drew Lock, so it's like well, there's you, hope. You had years
1: of glory with Peyton yes. Manning. Seth uh, yes. had just years <laughs> of the Buffalo Bills, just years, so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like decades. Like I, I think it was it perfect. was close. The Bills were in position to win their division this year. They, they had a chance but
2: the Patriots came in and snuffed it <laughs> it's not surprising still it's still the Patriots at the end of the day yeah like, like I thought it was pretty cool when the Broncos won the Super Bowl in San like you know the one that was at Levi Stadium I was like yes yep. did you go see did you pay like Oh, No, it's like a bajillion dollars <laughs> but you know what I was close enough. <laughs> <so that laughs> you were in the parking it. lot. You could yeah, hear yeah, yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was close enough to where the traffic was a nuisance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's
1: our fish mail this week. Thank you to everyone who sent them in. If you have questions, you can send it to at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MTG Fish And we'll get to your questions on air.
0: And that brings us to the end of episode 256 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard, Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks, to everyone, for listening. Have a wonderful holiday season, everyone. Uh, we will be back next week with part two of our year in review and there's Beyond Death spoilers. So, until then, have a happy holidays, and this is the crew signing out.